Hello, welcome back to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Rob Medica. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm here. He is here. We're locked. We're loaded. We're ready to go in another loaded episode of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. The countdown to 200 is on, Mike. Episode 187 coming at you live, and um, we're loaded, man, today. We've got a lot of stuff we got to go over. we got... NBA draft, obviously Pistons again. Troy Weaver, he's a wizard. We'll explain here in a bit. Um, we got NBA free agency this week as well, right on the cusp. Pistons got a lot of cap space. We're going to talk about it, um, as well as we're going to kind of try and map and see who, what, what, what stars are going where. Um, you know, that includes obviously your Detroit Pistons with all the cap space. Like I said, we'll get into all that good stuff. We've also got WWE Money in the Bank to preview this week for the few matches that we actually have announced. Um, Money in the Bank is, you know, I don't know if you know this, Mike, they, they consider that one of the big pay-per-views now for whatever. So it's, it's the like big the, five. Yeah, it's the big five now instead of the four. They should just take Survivor Series and throw it in the trash, but that's a that's a whole other argument for another day. Um, we've also got the USFL. We're going to look back on the very first USFL season of this, I guess, new iteration and the uh, Michigan Panthers and what a dumpster fire that was. And then we're going to end this show with a new recurring series where we're going to go through uh, one NFL division every single week as we prepare for training camp to review the rosters and we're going to rank positions. So quarterback, running back, O-line, defensive line, all the good stuff. We'll get to it at the end of the show. That's going to be a recurring segment for the next couple weeks here um, as we get ready for training camp. And then once we get to training camp, we'll kind of break down um, what we're seeing and all that good stuff, obviously, out of the league, any injuries. And then obviously we got fantasy football talk as well throughout that mix as well, oh, you know, yeah. coming in in the later months. So yeah. lots of stuff coming your way. Be lo- be ready. Be locked and loaded. I'm trying to get something planned big for episode 200, so stay tuned for news about that as well. Lots of stuff. But let's jump in. Two minutes of spiel. <clears throat> Might as well get into the nitty-gritty here, Mike. So let's start it off here. NBA draft happened last week. Um, uh, I mean, this was one of those drafts where you can make the argument that with the Pistons not getting a top three pick, it was kind of one of those where you go, at least Cade's not in this draft, right? Because mm-hmm. there was a little bit of discussion. And I think the Magic basically definitely said there was discussion because I think, I don't know how you felt, but going into the draft, I thought Jabari Smith was going to be the number one pick. And then they were like, nah, hard pass, never mind. Paolo Banchero's the guy instead, uh, the forward out of Duke. He goes number one. Chet Holmgren, the gangly, long-haired guy that I don't want any part of, goes to Oklahoma City. And then Jabari Smith goes three to Houston. But this is where I think after that, those three picks were kind of in whatever order you had them in were going to be the top three guys. But after that is kind of where the NBA draft got interesting, Mike. Talk to me about your thoughts about Sacramento, what they did, um, and how happy you were that they went full Sacramento with it. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll give Sacramento like 6% credit where (laughs) I don't think they – they didn't like fully I don't think they reach for a guy. Well, okay, so one, I don't think they reach necessarily, yeah. and two, I think the idea when when all you're hearing from Jaden Ivy is I don't want to play here, I would <laughs> rather go anywhere else. Yeah. He even said that if he got drafted, he would like Eli Manning and like yeah. stall it out and go, no, you're just gonna trade me right now. Yeah. Like if I would sac- like if we were the if like if if last year, yeah. And we had the like, we had the number one pick, and Cade was like, "I don't want to be here at all. Yeah. Like, please don't draft me. I will not work out for you. I yeah. will not do any of this." Cade would not have been our pick. No, it we would have been. Been, it would have been Jalen Green. Yep. But Cade was like, "I love it here. I like the yeah. music. He only worked, out with, he only worked out with the Pistons. Like, yep. he wanted to be here, which is why they picked him. And he right. just obviously was the best player, also. So mm-hmm. just like worked out with who they wanted. Yeah. But like, 
I don't think Sacramento, I think if you went objectively of like who the best player was at the time they were drafted, I think Jay Ivey is better than Keegan Murray. Yeah. So in that sense, I do think it's probably end up going to be a, not a whiff necessarily, but like Jane Ivey is, probably should have been the pick. But I think when you actually add in everything else to it, I don't think Sacramento necessarily like whiffed because yeah. they took a guy who kind of wanted to be in Sacramento over a guy who was like, I will never play in Sacramento. I won't sign the deal, whatever it was. Right. So like... Everyone who's like, ah, they just, like, we finesse the Sacramento Kings. Like, I, I think the Sacramento Kings themselves were like, I'm not going to pick a guy who doesn't want to be here. I'm going right. to pick someone who wants right. to play here. Yeah. So they picked I don't think anybody wants to be on Sacramento right now, Not really, you know? but... Um, however, though, I will say this, right? I do think, too, when you look at the composition of this team, you know, they have De'Aaron Fox still, right? So, like, that's, that's their primary ball handler, right? So, with that being said... The thought was, okay, maybe we take somebody like Keegan Murray. He's a good defensive player. He's a little more, you know, a lot of people said he's a little more pro-ready than Jaden Ivey is in, in some aspects, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not going to necessarily say Sacramento fully went Sacramento on it, but I do think, I mean, of all the teams where you go, man, if they're going to do something weird and it kind of falls into the lap where Jaden Ivey is the guy, you go, oh, all right, this is a great— Yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's just funny it ends up being Sacramento, yes. yeah. but I don't think they necessarily— Sacramento'd it like everyone's saying they did. Like yeah. if they took Jay and Ivy and he doesn't sign and doesn't play there, yeah. I think that looks worse than taking Gee right. Murray before. Exactly, for sure. But let's go to the Pistons, right? So number five, right? They do take Jaden Ivy, fifth overall, shooting guard from Purdue, um, all American, all that good stuff. Um, dude's a freak. Dude's a freak. Um, I was over the moon ecstatic with this mm-hmm. pick. Um once you know i've been pounding the table for the last two years they need people who can score they don't have anybody who can score the basketball consistently and by themselves like that you need guys that can make can create shots for themselves um i love the pick uh i was elated to find out that he was here i know he wanted to be here and i think that's a growing thing and we're going to talk about troy weaver here a little bit but um from the last couple years draft wise you get a sense that like these there there is a growing um working theory there's momentum behind it however you want to phrase it to say that people starting to look at detroit in a little more of a favorable light here especially these young guys right mm-hmm. i think cade coming here was huge and wanting to come here is huge mm-hmm. but i think that the culture um and the things that they're doing um you know move wise i think it's making people start to recognize that maybe this we are starting to be on the upswing i think some of the younger guys too they're getting drafted there jay nivey was in tears i mean this dude wanted to mm-hmm. be a detroit Pistons. you can tell yeah. clearly you know and you know well they they did the whole thing his grandpa played for the lions his mom played for the detroit shock um yeah. his dad went to high school at country day there's just so many ties where he's just over the freaking moon about yeah. it it just seemed like a and I, and I do think if, if he is a social media user, which I think he is, yeah. there was a video post of everyone that was sitting in LCA yeah. who just got up and screamed when his name got chosen. Yeah. Like, if I was, uh, like, yeah. if you were, like, a, a top prospect, yeah, if you're a top prospect who's 19 or 20, yeah. and you watch this video of everyone going, Jay Nivey, and everyone just gets up and they're like, oh, yeah, here yeah. we go. Like, yeah. I feel like I, was, I would be like, oh, all right. Yeah, like, this they actually, yeah, this be. is a good place to be. Yeah. Instead of everyone going, yeah, I can't like believe we got this Knicks guy. Fan is like, uh, oh, and we'll get God. to the Knicks yeah. here in a minute. But well. so I think I think like Jay and Ivy overall, I was just like, I think at least for the first couple years, it's just gonna like really embrace. Mm-hmm. And I think if we're at least average while he's here, mm-hmm. I think it's gonna they're gonna have a great time and want to stay here. And and you look at now, right? You look at 
um, you look at the backcourt and you just look at Cade and him together, mm-hmm. and you just go, okay, he's legitimately now a he's an he's an option. He's an option for Cade to you know to handle right where mm-hmm. it doesn't have to. I mean, Cade averaged what eighteen five and five last year. Yeah. Over his, I mean, that's a pretty damn good start all the way through through a rookie season. So having a guy like him, I think it's the, I think it's a great compliment. To now have a shooting guard, a legit. They don't have. They did not have a legitimate shooting guard on this basketball team mm-hmm. until Jaden Ivey. I'm sorry, Diallo. I like him, but he's not a starter, right? You can put Frank Jackson, even Killian Hayes, anybody you want to put in there. It's just he's not a shooting guard. So having somebody like that who can create shots, it's it's so important. You know, you go back and look at the success of this team historically, whether it was Isaiah Thomas and Joe Dumars, Chauncey and Rip Hamilton. They've always had that one-two punch at the front there where you go, I got a guy who can dish it and I got a guy who can score and mm-hmm. I got a guy who can move. This dude's a freak athlete. He's the fastest kid in the draft. He can make plays. Um, I know you mentioned before that there is a little bit of concern of his ball dominance, right? Mm-hmm. But do you think that with a guy like Cade where he doesn't have to be the guy that maybe some of that kind of comes off and it, it kind of lends itself more to his strengths, which is just driving the lane, right, and then mm-hmm. being able to kind of see the floor and dish when needed. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it could be good. I mean, I do worry in the sense that, like, when, when you watch a team like – Dallas, for example, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And you have Brunson and Luca out there. Yeah. Everyone in their right minds like, all right, Luca should walk down the ball, do his thing. Right. And that's how I feel like Cage should be. Is Cage should yeah. do the offense. Right. But then when he gives the ball to Jalen Brunson, and Brunson's like, let me ISO, let me try to make these plays, it doesn't work nearly as well. Right. And so that's that's where my initial like worry comes in, mm-hmm. is I want Cage. Like, if it's a thing where they set up a play for Jaden Ivey and they give it to him and he goes – that's different. Yeah. But if it's, all right, Jay Nevy's like, no, I'm going to take this ball. I'm going to walk up and try to do everything, like right. initiate the whole offense myself. Right. That's where I'm like, I don't want you to really do a lot of that because right. I think you are you should be a spot-up slash pick-and-roll shooter scorer kind of guy. Right. You, like, your your worry is not playmaking and setting everyone else up. Your, your worry should be, I need to go get anywhere from 16 to 22 a night. Yeah. That's that's right. your concern. Yeah, exactly. Cade's concern is I got to get twenty and eight yeah. eight assists and five rebounds. Right. Jay Ivey's concern is I got to get to twenty two twenty four points. Right. Yeah, and that's hundred percent right. And I, so I don't want him to being like I got to I got to get six assi- I got to get these assi- I got to get these. I'm like you're a scorer. Right. You're going to score. Like right. like I just don't want him to like lose that idea. I yeah. guess. Yeah. Which is I a mean, little worry for yeah. me. But. And I think you know. Um, I, I I like I said I I could not be more excited about this backcourt. I really couldn't. I'm. I'm over the moon about it, really. Yeah. Um, and then later on in the night, so let's let's rewind here for just a second, right? We didn't we missed this um, earlier on last week, but you know Jeremy Grant traded to Portland, right, for a 2025 first rounder, some swapping of seconds. I think the Pistons got another couple second round picks in the future as well from Portland. Um, but that facilitates then later on, right? The Pistons, you know, there was some rumors going out there that they were also interested in. Uh, is it Jaden Duran or Jalen Duran? I always get Jalen Duran. Yeah, it's Jalen. Okay, yeah. Jaden and Jalen. Good lord. Um, uh, but Jalen Duran, you know, the center out of Memphis. Um, you know, there was a lot of intrigue from the Pistons on their side as well about him. They, he was even in talks to being that fifth pick if Ivy wasn't there from reports. So. Um, they were super high on him. Mm-hmm. They make a trade with the Knicks via Charlotte, weirdly enough. So to kind of give you guys a rundown here, Charlotte had the 13th pick. They trade that pick, which was Duran to the Knicks. The Knicks then 
trade with the Pistons. The Pistons send that 2025 first-round pick to uh, the Knicks. So basically the, tra the trade for Jeremy Grant. In addition, the Pistons get Jalen Duren and they get Kemba Walker. So let's start with the Kemba Walker thing real fast. He's going to get bought out. Um, anything really noteworthy of that at all for you? If you know, No. You know. Would you rather keep him or would you rather buy him out? I'd rather buy him out. Yeah. Send okay. yeah. Goodbye. Okay. All right. Goodbye. Okay. I mean, you don't have knees. It's kind of hard to be a basketball player. It is tough, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm good without Kemba Walker. <laughs> yeah, I am too. Okay. So with that being said, right, Pistons get Jalen Duran. Um, another dude, athletic. And I think that when you look at Ivy and Duran together as a package, right, you're starting to see it's it's very much the, uh, the Brad Holmes model, I feel like, in a lot of ways, where you go, listen, the guys want to be here, good character dudes, and they're elite athletes mm -hmm. right explosive they're fast and Duran's case also the youngest player in the draft it felt like they had a mission where they said we are too unathletic mm -hmm. basically that's kind of what these picks said to me was like listen we're going to refine them we're going to grow we're going to make them better as basketball players but if they don't have those elite intangible we can't teach speed you can't teach raw athleticism like Duran has mm -hmm. I think that was something they went into say we need more of that and then let our coaching staff kind of refine the basketball player that they have mm -hmm. in, in each one of them. Give me your kind of your thoughts on that. Oh, you know, 100%. Um, I thought this was a really good trade. I mean, they didn't give up anything. Really. No, not like, really. I mean, that was, that was the wildest part of the entire trade was like, okay, did we give up Killian Hayes? Did we yeah. give up Isaiah Stewart? Like, right. Did we give up more, a future first future, for, future first picks right. or whatever? It was like, no, we gave up a first and a couple seconds. And we took on a contract yeah. for Duran. I was right. like, oh, okay, yeah, that works yeah, for you me. Had a net um, gain of like $12 million from the Jeremy Grant and Kemba Walker swapsies, basically. Yeah. And so you have, you know, you're able to do that because you have all this cap flexibility. So mm -hmm. you can take on a contract, which is really not the Kemba's deal is not terrible. Like no. $9 million for Kemba Walker, remotely healthy, I don't think is honestly that bad of a number. But if you're the Knicks and you're trying to make this run for Jalen Brunson, you're just trying to offload anything you can. Yeah. And that allows the Pistons to leverage that and go, man, we got $40 million in cap. So mm -hmm. we can take on that deal. Even if we buy them out, which is what they're going to do, okay, maybe that's a $5 million eat but, yeah. away, away. But it, we're fine. We're, yeah. we're liquid regardless. I think that's so important in the rebuild of this process and what Troy Weaver's been able to do. You take on a DeAndre Jordan contract, right, in order to get a first-round pick, right, mm -hmm. or to get a guy or to get whoever. Having that flexibility financially to take on a bad contract, knowing that you can absorb it and it does not impact your plans and in some cases actually expedites that plan, I think is so undervalued but and at the same time is extremely important in the sense of, it has allowed them to get guys like Shadiq Bay. That's what they had to do, right? Mm -hmm. They had to absorb bad contracts to get that pick to get Shadiq, to get um, Isaiah Stewart. Allow them to do that thing. And it's exactly the same situation here with Duren, where you now get a guy who you are excited about. He's a young guy. He's an athletic freak. He's going to jump out the gym. And now all of a sudden, you're starting to see the pieces together. Mm -hmm. um, I know some people were a little bit upset with the Troy Weaver trade initially in a vacuum, the Portland trade. Mm -hmm. But when you put the two pieces together, it definitely kind of feels like at times Troy. We it's I think it's a such a clear representation of how as as much as we as fans want to read into things and try to predict why they do such things. It's such a perfect use case for 
this like Troy Weaver's playing chess and we're playing checkers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you look at the move in a vacuum and you go, uh, I don't really understand. Like some second rounders and a twenty twenty five first. Like you're really playing the long game here. Mm-hmm. For them him to flip it immediately and get their top two prospects that they had on their board and you go, Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? And it's one of those like maybe maybe we just pump the brakes a little bit until we finally see the full scope yeah. of the of the picture yeah that's why that's why the idea yeah. of like grading especially yeah, yeah. especially drafts yeah like immediately f- <laughs> like 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 free agency i think you can grade yeah, a little you, bit because you, you know because you know like yeah. it's like all right if we sign yeah jesse james right you're like okay well i know what he is yeah so it's like okay, right. is and it going to be the money? And you go, I would not have paid. I would not have paid right. a lot of money for this single player, right? You know, but when you go to a draft, it's like I, it's like I think Jade and Ivy and Duran are going to be really good. Mm-hmm. It could turn out that they're really not. Like yeah. we watch, we look at the Lions draft. It's like we love Aiden Hutchinson and Jamison right. Williams. Jamison Williams might be awful. We right. don't, like you right. don't really know. Right. So it's hard to be like, oh, I'm going to give this an A. Mm-hmm. So like I think. The trade based for Jeremy, on your own projection. yeah, the, yeah, based on the own projection. So it's like the trade for Jeremy Grant. I think people would be like, "Oh, that wasn't very good because you didn't really get like you're getting yeah. a prospect." So it's hard to grade that trade initially, yeah. And then you're trading that trade mm-hmm. for another prospect that you're yeah. getting now. Right. It's like impossible to right. like if if we win a championship in 2025 yeah. and Cade's the MVP and Duran and yeah. Ivy average a whole bunch of points rebound whatever that's like, all right this trade's an A because we mm-hmm. just want a championship out of it right. but if Duran's awful and has to go to the G League for three years it's like all right that's not good yeah, right. so it's really hard to like to say it right away we really need time to just sit and yeah. simmer right. and like watch happen yeah for sure um, you know this is I do think though and I don't know how you feel about this so I'm, I'm gonna pose this question to you. I feel like on the whole with Detroit sports now, you can you can I say with a relative degree of confidence, not mm-hmm. a high degree, because I think we're a little early still in a couple of these ten years, but Iserman, Brad Holmes, Troy Weaver are all pretty darn good at their jobs. I yes. think I think we have seen now from a draft perspective, right, and evaluating talent, right? I think you can say so far I think Brad Holmes is the youngest one out of three because Trey Weaver's been doing executive work like this for a long time, right? Yeah. Like, he was the assistant. He's the reason why Westbrook went to OKC, those types of deals. But um, I think that you can put those three guys in and you go, yeah, we, either we have an up-and-coming guy. Like, Brad Holmes is now is already being talked about as a top-10 GM in the NFL. Like, yeah. that's just that's just the reality of it, right? Mm-hmm. I think Troy Weaver is already kind of there. I, I don't... I don't know of a ton of other GMs that are getting a ton of hype. And Iserman's Iserman. I think he's yeah. top three. So, and Avila's awful, but we're going to skip uh, that Avila for a is awful, but we skipped that. But, um, but those three guys, you can kind of start to say with a somewhat of a degree of confidence where you go, I think we may have the right people in charge yeah. here setting this up for yeah. the rebuilds. Yeah, Brad Holmes is the one I'm still the most yeah, right. leaky on. Right. Because I think the NFL is harder to make that yeah. instant. Yeah, one, one is that, and two is just like – we only have really one and a half draft classes right. that we've like we've only seen his first draft class actually go through, right. and some of them it's still yet like Levi Anzarike. Right, so you're, still, like, waiting. you're still waiting to yes. see if that's a hit. Correct. And then we're pre- we're presuming that like an Aiden Hutchinson, all these guys are gonna hit too, yeah. mm-hmm. but like we don't know yet. So Brad Holmes, like Troy Weaver has hit on Shadik Bay yep. and Cade yep. and stuff. So like we yep. know, and Eiserman is Eiserman, like we we know. Well, he's I, got yeah, the Calder he's got, Trophy winner, most cider. Everyone went. Who the hell is Moe Sider at yeah. six? And now he's the best, best young rookie. rookie. Yeah, best, and, oh, he's you the know, number one rookie, and he's probably 
top 10 defenseman in the league. And he, and, pretty much, and he pretty much set up what the Lightning have done for the last three years, make mm-hmm. three straight Stanley Cups and win two of them. <laughs> yep. And maybe win a third. Yeah, I mean, they're I down 3-2 at yeah, this point, but who not... knows what's going to happen at that point. Right. They're going back to Tampa t- tonight or push tomorrow. So they don't if they push it to seven, anything can happen. Yep. So, um, so yeah, I would, but yeah, so I think, I think we're, I would say we're in a good spot, not like a great spot. Yeah. I, I'm very confident in two. Yeah. I think I think there's one the that this go, yeah. All right, if they win seven games. Like, they, I'm, right, like, I'm like, I'm right like, if they're track. sitting at seven, eight, nine wins, I go okay. I think we can be on. I will say the schedule helps helps a lot. lot. Like yeah. if we had a even relatively harder schedule, I don't know if we're saying that. But seven, eight, nine with the schedule, I'm feeling pretty good. And then Tigers are just the Tigers. We'll, yeah, we who knows gonna, about we're that? Not gonna, we're, I, there's no point in literally beating a dead horse because yeah, he's dead. It um, is dead. Um, but yeah, I I am. I'm pretty pretty confident in the way that this you know going back to the Pistons here specifically, um, I I don't know how you cannot be ec- ecstatic for it mm-hmm. and and I know I told you on Twitter I was like be ready I am drinking Piston Kool Aid hard like hard and that kind of shifts over um, to the free agency side here right let I'm gonna start with the Pistons and we'll kind of go through it but the the prevailing logic but going in the draft night right was Pistons are heavily heavily interested in Mr. DeAndre Ayton services. And DeAndre Ayton's like, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't mind going there because he got Cade, right? We kind of form a little duo and, you know, do our yep. thing. Yep. Um, with Ayton now, so that's still kind of up in the air. It, it's clear that he's not going to be a Phoenix Sun. We can pretty much guarantee that that's probably not going to be the case Pretty, pretty good shot. Um, but at the same time, right, now with the addition of Duran, who the Pistons are so high on, there is now kind of some whispers that maybe they're not going to push for him as hard, right? With that, you know, he's going he's gonna to want $30 million a year. Um, you know, you got other guys like, uh, you know, like Bridges that are out there as well. But do you see the Pistons landing one of those guys? Um, you know, those are the two hot commodities, I think, mm-hmm. for the Pistons in particular because they need a big, um, especially at that hybrid forward center, depending on what you're running position. Um is that something you'd be still down for, knowing the results of this draft and kind of what the plan is, um, or are you more on the side of maybe we just kind of hold, hold Pat here and mm-hmm. just do what we need to do to make sure we don't get taxed for not spending enough money and all that jazz and yeah. you know you know how that works. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I w- I would be totally cool taking Bridges. I do not want DeAndre Ayton. Okay. Um, Did you not want DeAndre Ayton ever, or do you not want DeAndre Ayton now that they've drafted Durant? I would have preferred to never have DeAndre okay. Ayton. Um, okay. If we would have gotten him before the Duran, I wouldn't have hated it. Mm-hmm. But now that we have Duran, I would not want it at all. Okay. Um, I just don't. I just don't see the appeal in a guy like Rudy Gobert, DeAndre Ayton. Some of those guys, I just go. I just do not see the appeal of having a guy who just sits there in the paint. Yeah. Like I get like so the, there's like the three teams that drive like the Gian- like the three guys like Giannis and stuff who drive mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. It's nice to have him there. Yeah. But like for the most part you're playing the Warriors. DeAndre Ayton's just a sitting duck. Because like you have five guys who can shoot. DeAndre Ayton can't go to the perimeter. So I'm like there's some teams where you just get mismatched because you have a big center that can't stretch out for mm-hmm. the most part. Yeah. Um so I would not be wanting him. I think Bridges could be a great um plus to the four spot having a lineup of Cade, Jay Ivey, Shadiq Bay, Bridges, and then either Duran or, or uh, Beef Stew. Yeah, I think would be a really fun five to sit around with, and a young five to kind of go go with or whatever. So I would be cool with that. I if I was in charge, I would probably look for like two or three 
mid-level guys yeah. like the Joe Joe Ingles and kind of flush out more of a deeper roster because yeah. I do think if you work with Cade, Ivy, Shadiq Bay, Isaiah Stewart and then you could find those like mm-hmm. Joe Ingles to plug and play yeah, and Kelly Olynyk and stuff, yeah. Marvin Bagley like yeah. I think you could find a really good roster with a pretty deeper team I think that you can kind of develop yeah. through. I think, I think your development yeah. stage is like starting yeah. but I don't think you really need to add any more yeah. young guys really yeah. like i think your young core is there right. now i think you're kind of in the stage where you get that one or two veteran guys and just let the team grow within itself i think yeah. it's like the stage i wish there was at. a guy out there like an iguodala or somebody like that for that young warriors team when yeah. he was like the first guy right andre was the first guy to go to the warriors and he was like okay let's let's see what happens right yeah. and then it's like okay let's take this team to another level right mm-hmm. and then you kind of saw the explosion happen for them somebody like that i think would be so important mm-hmm. with this team yes because you have so many young guys that are half that are going to have to take a leadership role. Even a guy like DeAndre Ayton, everyone's like, oh, he's been in the league forever. He's 23. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's been there he, for three years. Exactly. Years. So it's like it's not like this dude's got this wealth of knowledge that, like, Chris Ball yeah. has, right? Like, yeah, you exactly. don't have that guy where you can go, okay, there's there's something to it. Um, let, let me let me, let me me kind of flip this for a second here, though. Do you think that and, – and I'm going to give Mike Valeni a shout-out here because I listened I, – I wanted to hear – I always like to listen to the reaction when – it's overwhelmingly praised for what the Pistons or the Lions or whoever yeah. somebody does just to see the overwhelming negativity that the 97-1 ticket brand has towards Detroit sports. Um, but he was pretty complimentary of what they did, and he was like, I want Aiton as well as Duran mm-hmm. because the, th- the prevailing logic being Aiton's going to be able to do things that Duran maybe can't do, mm-hmm. and Duran's obviously going to be able to do things that Aiton couldn't do. Do you see a... If they signed Aiton, what what would your reaction be? Because I think that I think it's going to be twofold. I think it's going to be one of I think people are going to be really excited because of the prospect of okay, you got Jaden Ivey, you've got you've got Kate Cunningham, you've got Shadiq Bay, and you've got DeAndre Ayton, and then name the four right. If it's Duran, fine. If it's Stewart, fine. Whoever, right? Mm-hmm. Whoever it is, um, that's a on paper you go, wow, that is a team with a boatload of potential, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I think also to that certain effect, I think you're going to get to a point where I think some Phoenix fans are, where Aiton has a limited skill set in today's NBA. He can't step out and hit the three. You know what I mean? And some some of those other things where on a quicker guy, he's going to be left exposed defensively. And I think you're going to kind of see the same reaction that I think some people are having with some of the Tigers moves now, mm-hmm. where you kind of go, on paper it sounds great, but the deficiency is that we were kind of like, no, nah, don't worry about it. Yeah. You're going to see it on the field. Mm-hmm. And in this case, you're going to see it on the court. What would your reaction be if they signed Aiton? And, or would it depend more on you know what else they do or you know like that? Yeah. Like, uh, How would you feel if they did still bring so, it Yeah, in? so when you, when you look at like your team comparatively, you yeah. have to go, okay – before you even get to the finals, yeah. you have to think, okay, how do we get to a point where we are better than the best team on our side? Yeah. That's always like the first thought. Like yeah. like when you're when you're like the Lions, like, all right, how are we gonna get past the Packers mm-hmm. before you can even yeah, think about the division We gotta win the division first before we can even start thinking right. down the road of right. all right, now we gotta be better than the Bucks and this team and this team and this team before we can even talk Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Right? So the Pistons are in that similar spot. All right, so we gotta we gotta be the best team in our side before we can even talk about the West. Mm-hmm. And the number one team on our side is either Boston or Milwaukee. I'll throw Boston in there okay. for a little bit. So, but I'm going to say give Milwaukee. Yeah, I'll get better for that. But Milwaukee, right? Yeah. So two years, two finals ago, yeah. I watched Giannis Antetokounmpo 
just destroy DeAndre Ayton. Just manhandle DeAndre Ayton. And I looked at that and I said, that is not someone I want because if we're in an Eastern Conference Finals and it's our team versus theirs and I have DeAndre Ayton sitting there, I know he's getting bully balled by Giannis. And so at that point, if we can't, stop Giannis with DeAndre Ayton, then I don't want DeAndre Ayton. And so that's why I think initially, if like my phone rang on Thursday at 12 o'clock and it was piss and sign DeAndre Ayton, I would go, okay. But then I think after like a day or so, I'd go, I'm not, I'm not excited about this with the idea of, I think there's, I don't think he really adds a lot to what we want to do. Let me piggyback off that for just a second. And I, cause I'm kind of in agreement with you a little bit. And the reason why I'm with you is because I don't feel like, and I don't even think Bridges does this for you either in all aspects, I don't think the Pistons are ready. Similar in a lot of cases to the Lions right now, of I don't think the Pistons are ready to go and get a guy and give him a Supermax deal with where their roster is right now, Mm -hmm. right? Meaning DeAndre Ayton, does he probably propel you to the playoffs? Probably with the way the rest of this team is, if what your expectations yeah, are. Yeah, like a year yeah, or another, two, you're another definitely year there. Another year of Cade, yeah. another year of Shadiq. You know, there's a lot of reports that Killian Haynes looks a lot better. I'm just throwing it out there, just saying. If you're hoping for that, I am, but it's fine. Um, I mean, I am. But yeah, I don't know if I have him, but either way, right? So, but does that propel you to your point to being a top three team in the East? Does DeAndre Ayton coming here make you a top three team in the East? And the answer right now is no. No. Right now, no. Milwaukee, Boston, Miami, right off the top. Yeah. Not even talking about the Philly 76ers. Or the Philly yeah, or yeah, Brooklyn right. or whatever. So I'm not even talking about whatever the hell is that. Now, the interesting is, I think Bridges, yeah. to a slightly better extent, yeah. I don't think necessarily makes you a top three team. Mm-hmm. Definitely think it makes you a top seven, eight team. Yes. Because I think pinpointing the four. I think the, the addition to their guy makes you a top seven or eight team. I think even Aiton gets you there. I think Aiton, because of what, because well, of just the yes. fact you have an, you know, the Pistons right now don't have an inside guy. Yeah. They just don't have one. So, yeah. So when you look at the playoffs this past year, you yeah. had Miami at the one who yep. you're not better than. No. You had, uh, Milwaukee. Milwaukee right? at the two. Boston at the two. Sure. Because it was in Boston. Yeah, Boston yeah. was the two. Yep. Milwaukee was the three. Yep. So you're not better than any of those teams. Yep. Uh, four was uh philly yeah and i don't think you're, you're you wouldn't be better there with uh with Aiton or bridges so yeah. you're probably you but i do think like boss or uh brooklyn yeah i think that's kind of where you start where you go i don't think with Aiton you're necessarily better than brooklyn mm-hmm. i do think with bridges you, you could, could be. be yeah because i think bridges gives you the extra shooting yeah. like if you had the lineup of absolutely shadiq and and bridges yep. jane ivy cade and then Durin, mm-hmm. I think you can kind of spread the quarter a little bit. Oh, absolutely. Still play strong defense you're way on more athletic. Kyrie. You're way more athletic. And you're way more athletic, I think, yeah. than the mm-hmm. Brooklyn Nets are. Yeah. So I think you kind of could be on par in a year or two with like what Brooklyn's production yeah. is at absolutely. that point. Yeah. I think Aiden kind of slows it down because, again, he's not really guarding anyone. Right. Because like if KD switches to the five, which he does occasionally, mm-hmm. DeAndre Ayton's not guarding that. So who's he going to go? Joe Harris? Right. Who's going to run around with like? I think DeAndre Ayton defensively kind of hurts you in this league a little bit. Yeah. Where I think like Bridges can easily just go. Let me just jump on Durant. Yeah. I'm I'm very interested to see kind of, and I apologize for the background noise if you guys can hear that. Apparently my landscapers decided uh, Sunday morning was the day to do their landscaping, except for on Monday like normally. So I apologize for that. But anyway, we'll, we'll keep going here. I am I am fascinated by what they're gonna do because I don't I have no idea I really yeah. don't I don't know if you know I think a lot of people have tied bridges off to thinking okay well Charlotte wants to keep him so it's more of can they rather yeah. than 
do they want to, right? Mm-hmm. So I think people have kind of said DeAndre Ayton as the guy because Phoenix has already kind of come out and said we're not going to give him a max deal. So now it's more about I think he's more obtainable. He said that he want he, he would be happy to come here. And I think – do you think a little bit of it too is that the fact that the Pistons don't get that very often? You don't get a guy – I'm going to say DeAndre Ayton's a pretty darn good basketball player, all things considered. Yeah. You don't get many guys that are clamoring to come to Detroit. You just don't. It's yeah. Just, it's just not a thing, right? You just don't see it. I think that's why we stranglehold our stars to the to the grant we do, right? Like, we, we tend to forget sometimes their faults or their flaws because we're like, but he wants to be here. And that's, like, such a big thing. It's like, okay, yeah, great, he wants to be here, but he's also taking up 80% of our cap. You yeah. know what I mean? Like... I'm glad that Josh Smith wanted to come here, I guess, but Josh Smith was terrible. So mm-hmm. it's like, so I'm just, I'm so fascinated by what they're going to do. They have so much cap space. They have so much fluidity here. I think you're absolutely right, though. I think a guy like Joe Ingles, as a spot-up shooter, to be able to kind of, you know, as a veteran presence, he's been around guys like Durant and stuff like that. Let me ask you real quick, too, before we shift to other people. What are the odds? I asked you last week, so I, I'm going to ask you again this week. What percentage, because of all the turmoil going on with Kyrie, which we're going to get to here in a minute, and Durant not recruiting people to Brooklyn and, quote-unquote, monitoring the situation going on in Brooklyn, that Durant could be a piston? Like, 3%. Okay. Just wanted to just, wanted to just you know, yeah. keep throwing it out there until I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I yeah, 3%. I okay. think I think if he was, yeah. if he truly, really wanted to go somewhere, it would be like Miami. Yeah. Or something. Really? Something crazy, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Just one, just one, just, just one. Throw it out there. Or go back to Golden State and win, like, seven oh more titles. Oh, my God. Get out of here. Stop it. Stop it right that now. That would be, like, the ultimate, like, legacy funny thing to talk about. It would be like, all right, so he left because he wanted to go win it by himself. Yeah. Couldn't do it. Went so back. he went back to Golden State, went won two more. more. And now he's, like, tied with LeBron. But I'm like, does that count? Does it count? Yeah. And meanwhile, everyone's like, well, Steph's top five now. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> Steph's got seven now, so he's fine. That's funny. He's got one finals MVP, but he's got seven titles. Yeah. So, All right, let's talk about some of the other free agents. Right? Let's start with the Kyrie stuff because I think that's the most fascinating, quite frankly. It's kind of wild. I, I don't understand it, but it's a thing, I guess. Um, so the, uh, the, the logic basically dictating right now, Brooklyn doesn't want to give Kyrie a max deal for obvious reasons. He's not – he still can't play in certain places because of the COVID restrictions. Um, he's not, he hasn't been healthy. That's mm-hmm. another problem too. I don't think he's been all that great for Brooklyn, quite mm-hmm. frankly. Um, and there's a, you know, there's some, there's con- some concern there. And I don't think a lot of people, a lot of other teams are kind of not in that same boat where they're like, I don't really know if I want to pay Kyrie another five year deal, right? He's, he's not the youngest guy in the world anymore either. But of course, when we say that the Los Angeles Lakers are like, well, I mean, we got LeBron, right? So maybe anything ever. Yeah. Um, thoughts on where Kyrie ends up playing game one of this of this season? Do you, is there any sort of? And then explain to me how the Lakers get him because I don't understand math apparently in the NBA because it's not a thing. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't understand why the Lakers would want Kyrie. Outside, I mean, he's a better shooter than Westbrook. That's not hard. A blind old guy he, with no, with no. He hands. would fit in with LeBron and maybe AD. Yeah, better than Russell Westbrook does. Yes, I would agree with that. Um, but how do you get Russell Westbrook away from you? I just don't understand. He makes 
41 million dollars this year yeah that's the tough part is i don't know how you get rid of him i think the only way to add him is with the yeah, vet exception minimum or something which is six yeah. million dollars because he's gonna opt in right yeah. this is this, i, I think in. so i think the idea for the lakers is because russell westbrook's on his last year yeah. is Kyrie comes in signs that vet minimum six thousand yeah. out six million dollar thing and then when russell westbrook leaves the books to go into free agency next year then you can re-sign Kyrie to a, a deal. Ooh, boy. But knowing, knowing LeBron's probably going to leave. Knowing LeBron will probably leave in the next year or two. Yeah. Because he's not he hasn't re-signed his deal. The only people that are on contract to come back, I think, next year for the Lakers is Anthony Davis and uh, there's one other guy. I can't remember. I, I forgot. Like Kendrick Dunn or something. I, I don't, don't understand what. But I, it would. I, I do think, like, long story short, I do think it would actually be good for the team to have Kyrie there yeah I think Kyrie adds shooting he doesn't yeah. add much defense but he adds scoring which is something yeah. they need because they can't score yeah and if Anthony Davis can actually stay healthy for may- at least half a season then maybe <laughs> just they the would back be- half, yeah. Right? Yeah, just the back half in the playoffs <laughs> I think they could actually legitimately be at least like a team that's like you don't want to play that team yeah not necessarily like a favorite or good by any means yeah but like if you're like a mid- middle seed western Conference. yeah you're like a five or six seed right. where if you're the warriors or phoenix or whoever the favorites are going to be next yeah. year the clippers or whatever it's like that's not a team you want to go against right because with lebron Kyrie, and ad that's like a scary three to go yeah. against i i am just i'm baffled by you know how they would do it i don't understand the russell westbrook stuff is, is fascinating to me i don't understand how how it works quite frankly I, I mean they're gonna have to move him that's the only way i i mean as a lebron guy it, using your inner lebron radar here do you think lebron's going into this season and be like this is kind of pretty much a lost cause pretty much yeah. i mean he will if, if, if they have won't. to go in with the season with westbrook and anthony davis and him as the top three guys yeah. with the current roster construction that they have which is not spectacular um I'm going to pull up the roster here real fast. Okay. I mean, because – and the reason why we're talking about this, A, is because the, you have the Kyrie stuff, but, two, it's like, I mean, you, you, you've got – right now you have eight players on 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 an actual contract that you're going to pay this year regardless, mm-hmm. three yes. of which aren't on your team, I don't think, anymore, in Austin Reeves, Wendy Gabriel, and Stanley Johnson. And then you've got a crap ton of cap holds. Jared Dudley, all these guys are on – 1.5 to 1.8 million dollar 1.8 million dollar deals right okay. Malik Monk Avery Bradley Dwight Howard Wayne Ellington Carmelo Anthony which I forgot was even a Laker um, Kent Bazemore DJ Augustine Deion Waiters Jared Dudley uh, Costas Antetokounmpo Mason Jones are all um, right now so right now you have like five guys mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook LeBron James Anthony Davis Talon Horton Tucker yeah that's KHG. right and uh, Kendrick Nunn those are the five guys you currently have. Yes. And you have Russ Brooke making 47, LeBron making 44, and Anthony Davis making 37. Yes. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I don't... But anyway, he's yes. Got, he's got to be like, this. there's no way. There's yeah. no way I can do it. I, don't, I can't do yeah. it at this age with, with my health. Even, I, d- I do not think they could even... I don't, not say sniff a he's championship. Gonna, he's going to turn 38 this year. Yeah. Um, I do think if Anthony Davis is fully healthy... Yeah. For any stretch of time, yeah. they can actually be a good team. Yeah, because you saw in the bubble, the team's not like phenomenal. And, and they drafted Max Christie. He did for yeah. Michigan State. Yeah, yes, he did. Exactly. And he shoots the three. He shoots forty six percent for three years. Great White Hope. There we go. Um, but I do. Um, if Anthony Davis stays healthy, I think they could be a dangerous team. 
to go against, I don't think they could win much anything. Yeah. Like, I can name you right now. I don't think they could beat the Bucks. Yeah. I don't think they could beat the Warriors currently constructed. I think it would be yeah. really tough for them. Mm-hmm. I Just don't, the shooting alone. I, I honestly don't know if you could beat Dallas or the Clippers with how you're constructed. With Jamal Murray and Jokic, I don't know if you could beat Denver. I think you could slow down Jokic with Jamal Murray. You have no one to put on him. Yeah. Um. So, I, I like again, you could be dangerous and take a team 6-7, but I don't know if you're actually going to get yeah. through anybody. Just, you know, it's crazy to me. Um. All right, going back here. Harden has already kind of expected to resign with Philly. Do you think expected? I to would doubt that he yeah. leaves there because yeah. he um, wanted to go there. That does seem to be pinpointed. Let's talk about Bradley Beal here for a second. This it's the most is, interesting one, it, absolutely by far. As right? as he's probably going to be a free agent. Or yeah, whatever. and he's and he's um like he's legitimately a free agent, right? Like yes. that's just that's just the end of it, right? Like yes. he declined his he declined, he declined his player the player option, option, so he's so a free agent. he's going to be twenty nine this year. Mm-hmm. Um. Washington, I don't understand what's going on there, so we're gonna skip past them for a second. He's probably gone. Where is he? Where is he going? Like, I would have loved to have Bradley Beal, but not anymore because of no. they just drafted Drayden Ivy. But like, I mean, he's he's gonna want to go to somewhere to win. I would I would assume, right? But I don't know of any team. Like, I think this is the guy that if you were gonna like let Jalen, because if you let Jalen Brunson go, if you're if you're Dallas. I think that Dallas could go get a guy like him mm-hmm. for Luca to take the pressure off Luca mm-hmm. to allow Luca to be the playmaker and facilitate. He's still going to get his twenty five a night, but then allow Bradley Beal to be your primary scorer, yeah, and allow Luca to be himself. Yeah. This is this this is the guy I always bring up the Jimmy Butler, yeah, like as like that. the guy to yeah, fill in. For sure. This is truly the guy where yeah. it's like he could go almost anywhere yeah. and just and fill in and be perfect. Better. Yeah, um, I do think Dallas would be a good spot for him. I do think I don't know what Denver's situation would be. I do think Denver would be awesome yeah. if they had him. Yes. Um and a third team I think would be Miami. I do think Miami would be awesome if they had him. Him and Jimmy Butler together would be insane. Yeah, that would really help for sure, especially because you know um no, I mean all the and Bam his, and stuff. What's his for, what's their point guard's name from Toronto? What's his name? Kyle Lowry. Kyle, Kyle Lowry, right? You can tell his offensive efficiency is dropped off massively yes. since he went to Miami. So I think him coming in, I I, I wouldn't mind that either. I just he's a guy where there's just a lot of landing go. spots he where he goes, if he goes to any team that was in the playoffs this year, they immediately jump two spots, in my opinion. Yes. Where like you go, okay, you know Yes, I would agree with it, that. It's you know, like if you went to Dallas go, go to walk in and was going to be like, how the hell? You know Yeah, if he if he went to Dallas, yeah. I'm not gonna say that they would be my favorite to come out of the West. But because it, but it'd probably be no <laughs> come out of the West. Them two and Christian Wood with Tim Hardaway Jr. and Let's stuff. Let's talk about that real fast. That is such an underrated move by Dallas. They right finessed. There. Oh my goodness, Houston. Absolutely. I feel like well because Houston's like we gotta we're so far in the shit right yeah. now. We have to get ourselves out of it. So whatever we can do to offload. I didn't understand the move to get him number mm-hmm. one because like you're bad. Yeah, you're, you're not good. Mm-hmm. So that was a sneaky move that's gonna pay massive dividend. Because you have Luca, Christian Wood as the primary guy, not the ideal yeah. situation. Being the third or fourth option, look out. Yes. Look out. Yeah, and they gave up Trey Burke, Marquise Chris, and Boban. Michigan legend. Yeah, Trey and, Burke. And, and Boban. Yeah. And like a second round pick for him. Right. And I was like, you just, you just finesse three bench guys that haven't seen the court all year. Mm-hmm. For Christian Wood, who's going to be your starting center or yep. power forward, yep. and be a dog for you. Yep. It was yep. great. For sure. Yo, I... That's what I mean, though. I think Dallas at least jumped a spot with that. Yep. If they get Bradley Beal. Oh, boy. 
Yeah, I'm I'm very interested. Uh, let's go through a couple other ones. Here. I hope. Okay. Or at least one or two. Um, Zach Levine stays in Chicago. Um. Yes. I think they, I think they need to. Or he, they mean, need to retain him yeah. for anything yeah. if they want any hope. That's but a team too that I was really excited to watch, and then they Lonzo got hurt. Do they hit the injury bug? So it was Demar Derozan and a yeah. whole bunch of nobodies uh-huh. playing for a whole bunch. Derozan for a had himself a bounce back season though. Good for yeah. him. Um, Not most improved player though. Huh? I don't think he was most improved player though. No, I don't know. But he should have been. I think it was like Sean Moran or something. I was like, what? I was like, how'd you... Yeah, I think, yeah, Draymond, the first time I ever agreed with Draymond Green, he's like, John Moran's already a superstar. Yeah, so, so why is he most improved? Yeah, like, you'd be like, Jordan Poole was terrible last year. Like, he yeah. was trying to make the point for Jordan Poole. But yeah, but that's yeah. the guy yeah, I would give guy, it to, though. Go, yeah, he was not very good last year. This year, he's a crucial part of the rotation. Yeah, yeah that would make sense. Yes. Yeah. Um, I feel like most important players should never go to anyone that's like not like a sixth man or something. Yeah, absolutely. Um, is there anybody else we should talk about here? Um, I don't think so. I think Westbrook's going to stay just based on the fact that... I think Westbrook probably stays. Yeah. I don't know who's going to take him. I don't know what team in their right mind could be in tight. But here's the problem with the Lakers situation here, and we'll, and this is where we'll end on the free agency talk, is they don't have picks to give mm-hmm. people... Like, we're talking... You know, I read an article today. Well, I was reading it to you about, you know, potentially Oklahoma City taking him back for a 2027 and a 2029 first rounder. That's how far the can has been kicked with the Lakers now is you don't have picks in 2023, 2024, and 2025 to give up. You're in 2027. That's five and seven years respectively down the road. Who is going to take that offer? Who's going to take that? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. oh, like if you're a GM, especially if you're like Sam Presti's probably okay. You know, he's a pretty good GM. He's been there a hot minute. Maybe he could wait it out. But like most teams... GMs don't last five years. So yeah. you mean to tell me that I'm going to make this trade, absorb a bad, con- uh, egregiously bad contract, and then for a guy who's not going to help me win, mm-hmm. and then isn't going to sell tickets because everyone's kind of catching on now that he's not all that spectacular anymore. No. And then I got to get wait five years to see any sort of return just to help the Lakers win a, their a million and fourth championship. Oh, great. That sounds like a spectacular idea. And they don't have anybody young that they can attach like they did a couple years ago to get Westbrook, the Kuzmas of the world, where you go, all right, at least there's a guy I can build off of a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. You know what I mean? Hey, it's one year, which, yeah. is, which is the selling point is, listen, we'll give you a couple of these picks. It's only for one year. Then you can go on. You got all this cap space, blah, blah, blah. Talk about OKC. Yeah. If Katie didn't stay in Brooklyn yeah. and he went to OKC. Yeah. I think that would be a lot of fun. That would be. Uh, but here's the thing. Uh, having OKC being the one to accept Westbrook Brack when they signed him to that egregious contract is like the most hilarious Oh, no, not Westbrook. Oh, God, no. Yeah. I, I never had Westbrook Brack. No. Yeah. yeah. I think with Shy as well already But that's there. what I mean. Shea, yeah. you get Josh yeah. Giddy yeah. and, and Chet Holmgren. Yeah. And Lou Dort. I was yeah. like, you got a whole bunch of guys there. That they're a decent coach there too, right? Like, yeah. there's, there's some things there that you can be, be excited about for sure. I would watch OKC basketball again yeah. if he went sure. there. I can't believe they actually ever moved OKC, but that's another point yeah. in itself. But um, I no, I just, in Seattle. I just, you know, he's so fascinating because the contract is so bad and he was just so inefficient last year. It's yeah. just one of those things where it's like on paper, it's like, yeah, Russell Westbrook, that's a, that's a name. And then you go, Oh, not, <laughs> not, not really. Yeah. You know what I, mean? I did try to talk you into that like four years ago though. And at that and time, ago, I would have been okay with it because of where the Pistons were at. It yeah. was, they're trying to win. Yeah. They didn't tear it down. Troy Weaver was like, Nope, you're gone. You're gone. You're gone. You're gone. 
because he's a wizard. Jericho's a wizard. Troy Weaver is a wizard. wizard. He's a wizard. Because I'm a wizard. He's a wizard, Harry. Anyway. All right. Let's shift focus here a little bit here. Um, We got Money in the Bank to talk about. Uh, Let's go through this quickly because there's not a ton on this. Uh, What do you mean? What do you mean there's not a lot on this? There's not a lot on there. Do you have the card up? I do. Okay, cool. He's the best. He's the best co-host in in the biz, ladies and gentlemen. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, let's just go through it quickly because there's like five matches on there. (laughs) Hopefully it'll be a, t- a solid two and a half hour and we'll be done. Yeah. Um, I believe it will be a solid two and a yeah. half hour if you actually want my honest opinion. Yeah. Um, Theory, Bobby Lashley, U.S. title match. I got to make this interesting because I don't United care. United States Championship. Pew, pew, pew. Pew, pew, pew. We got like stars flying yeah. and like everything. Stars flying. There's an eagle. Ah, I just came. <laughs> um, and then who out comes Prince Pretty, which is Theory yeah, winning this exactly. match. Exactly. Um, yeah, I think Theory somehow retains because they're trying to set up Cena. However, I would not mind seeing Bobby Lashley versus John Cena for the United States title. I'm just throwing it out there. Just throwing it out there. I'm cool with Just it. saying. I'm pretty cool. I'm pretty no, you're cool, cool with it. Really? Yeah, I'm cool with Theory. Okay. I don't need Bobby Lashley. Cena makes everybody look good, though. Bobby Lashley, <laughs> listen, you, you, you laugh, but Bobby Lashley has, in the last two years, had the best run since his TNA days. He has looked pretty damn good. And that was when Bobby Lashley won all the titles in Impact. But like, when okay, nobody was watching. At Destination America when they were on that channel, okay? Okay, but like, if he's having the best run, but his like previous best run was like a four, and his net run yeah, now is like this, a six. Listen, WWE champion, beat Drew McIntyre clean at Mania. That's a big deal. Lost to Finn Balor clean at Mania. Yeah, but he had to deal with... <laughs> Listen, if we're, talking, if we're going that route, okay, Drew McIntyre was part of 3MB, okay? <laughs> that was like nine years uh, yeah. ago. <laughs> yeah. He left the company uh, and came back. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm just saying. Then he got super kicked by Adam Cole. If, Come on. If Bobby won, I wouldn't be, like, upset by it. Like, I wouldn't be upset. I just yeah. would There's much worse rather. people to put the U.S. title on. There you go, point. Um, Kalisto. Anybody? Just throwing that out there. That, that happened. That did happen. Uh, next up, we got... Shelton Benjamin, then to disappear off television for six months. It'd be like that sometimes. Uh, we got Ronda Rousey and Natalia. I wonder who's winning this one. Are you sure it's not Natalia? Because no, I, no, I no. could... Uh, they're trying. They're trying really They're really hard. trying to push that bad boy. The problem is, is that they need people like Natalia in these positions because they need to make Ronda look good. Yeah. Ronda's never going to face... Like, Ronda versus, you know, some of these other women, like... Ronda versus Carmella is a disaster Mm -hmm. because neither one can lead and do their own thing. They need people like Natalia. Natalia is a Hall of Fame worthy talent. So this match will be good. It won't be be great. It'll be fine. And then, you know, Ronda wins with an armbar. Bianca Belair versus Carmella, not uh, Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley. Yeah, she got kicked Um, in the face. She got kicked in the face, got brain injuries. And she messed up her teeth, apparently. Yeah, Blair. so we, yeah. we got we got so the, it was crazy. Low key, they though, they I did was, a six woman yeah. something uh-huh. to to get to get Rhea Ripley in there. Mm-hmm. She and then she gets hurt and they're like, all right, we'll just do another one. Yeah, and I was like, all right, bro, right. if it doesn't even hurt, it's hard because you don't expect they just set the match a week ago and then like, oh, she got a concussion in the match. You're like, oh, well, that's unfortunate. Yeah, you know what I mean, so, so we got, the injury bug in 2020. That's the story of professional wrestling in 2022 is the injuries. Yeah, holy hell, there's a ton of them. Going back to this, though, I'm actually low-key, though, kind of glad this match isn't happening yet between Ripley and uh, Bianca. I think it could be saved for SummerSlam and be much bigger. So with that being said, Bianca retains easily and quickly, hopefully, but I'm okay with this match being here because I would rather see Ripley and Bianca with a little more build rather than just a two-week, like, 
I won the match, so I get a title shot. No. All right, next up, we got the Usos, who just lost clean yeah. to two singles guys who are feuding with each other. So frustrating. <laughs> Taking on the Street Profits and Angel Dawkins and Montez Ford. Um, I I would hope and pray to all God Almighty that the yeah. Usos win this match, but who knows? The Usos should win in three minutes. The, the, U- should... the Usos, literally, the way you're at right now, the Usos should not be t- – like the fact that they lost last week to Sheamus and Drew McIntyre is – Literally like, hey, your tag titles and everything that you've done for the past six months to make them relevant again with the RK Bro and the Uso stuff, hey, we just threw them in the toilet. That's what you just did. Yes. It's the dumbest thing ever. It's so stupid. I you know, I try to come on here and I try to look at things where you go, I understand why they're trying to do X, Y, Z. There's no reason for it. There was none. Yeah. None. God, so stupid. I don't understand why they had to keep taking Sheamus and McIntyre in and out of the match. Who cares? Yeah. Just put them in there. Yeah. They both are in. Every, they're both former world champions. Nobody would be like, oh, I don't think those guys deserve to be in. Nobody would say that. None. Stupid. Stupid, stupid, stupid. All right. Uh, we got the women's Bunny in the Bank ladder match. We got Asuka. We got Alexa Bliss. We got Liv Morgan. Ooh. We got Shotzi. Oh. Lacey Evans is even in there. Oh, my. And Raquel, Gon- Ra- Raquel, Raquel Gonzalez. Gonzalez. Yep. Ra- 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 Rodriguez. Wait, Raquel Rodriguez? Mm-hmm. I thought it was Gonzalez. No, they changed it. Gotcha. Got Raquel Rod- Rodriguez. That's a lot harder to say. And well, a mis- the alliteration. Yeah, the ro does not help out a lot. And then we have a question mark. So we got one, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six, and a seventh person. They're not yeah. gonna make it eight. That's kind of annoying. I like even I don't, numbers. I don't, yeah, I don't like the odd number thing either. I'm like, what? Just make it even. Yeah, sure. So keep it six or keep it eight. Yeah. But anyway, so they have one extra person. Who so knows? Yeah, there's five people in the King of the Mountain. You go, why? Why are yeah. there five? It's yeah. Stupid. All right, so we got these six names. Yep. I am picking outside the box. Liv Morgan to win this bad boy. Um, I'm gonna go. Unless the person who's like not in it yet is someone I crazy yeah. crazy that i haven't thought of yet but i doubt that yeah. so i don't like when they do that either like just have the match just give me the people and let's yeah. go like i don't gotta you know what i mean yeah. uh yeah Liv morgan's a good one i'm gonna say i'm gonna say alexa bliss why not she's already won it before i don't know why i just can't pick myself to say Lacey evans is gonna win it because she sucks yeah so if, if i would say oscar but there's no way oscar's winning it so yeah. if like natalia or anybody else that i actually like was in it i would say them but you know, alas, here we are. Yep. So, Lynn Morgan. Maybe you Sasha Banks comes back. <laughs> uh, we're laughing, but that, we're crying that on was the inside. The, yeah, we are crying <laughs> on the inside, let me tell you. Uh, too soon. Uh, yeah. And then and then we got the men's bank match. Yeah. <laughs> we got Sami Zayn, Seth Rollins, Sheamus, Drew McIntyre, almost, and two question marks. Yeah. Okay. Omos being in this match, can't stand it. Sucks. I don't... I. Having I, I need big mo- guys in there like that. They can't do anything. I need more flippy dippy guys in this match. Yeah. Is what I need. Um, like I, I was almost angry at the, the what was it called the face of the revolution one because they had three big guys. Yes. But then, but then they threw in like Ray Phoenix or something. I was like, All right, at least we get some flippy dippy stuff mm-hmm. off the ladders. Yeah. And then like you use the big guys to throw them really hard into other stuff. Yeah, I agree. With and you that's though. fine. Yeah. But like so, if you throw like AJ Styles in here, and you can have almost just like. But AJ lost to Rollins, so that's not yeah. going to be a thing. Or. I also don't like when they put, like, I, I can appreciate, like, AJ and Seth had a banger of a match on Raw, but at the same time, it's like, can't we just put them both in? Like, yeah. can't we just be like, you're both, with the logic of, they're both former world champions, so they yeah. deserve something, because yeah. then it adds more intrigue than it is. Like, having some of these guys like Omos in here, I'm going to be really pissed if Omos wins this stupid thing. Mm-hmm. Can't talk. I get he's got MVP, but hard pass. Um, Seth Rollins should win this. It's not close. I also think Seth Rollins should win. Yeah. And it's not close. Yeah. And I think he's just going to catch it at SummerSlam. So. Fine. 
done, sold, whatever. Just don't take both titles. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you don't take both, it's fine. I don't yeah, care. Whatever. I don't, I don't know what the hell is going to happen here. I don't. I don't know what's going on with SummerSlam. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not prepared. I'm not. I am not mentally, emotionally prepared to get into that <laughs> conversation of Roman and Brock, eighty-seven. Can't do it. Yeah. Literally, do it. literally nine. Can't do it. Main events. I think. But my goodness. But we'll pretend it's eighty-seven. It feels like eighty-seven. It's like one of those. You know, I we see some blood. You know, it's funny. Saying. We talk about all the time. Where we're like, oh, if it's like a great rivalry, I can yeah. see it like any time. Like if you're like. Uh, Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks. I mean, you could throw it on like six weeks in a row, and I won't complain. Then you get like Reigns and Lesnar. I'm like, why you is this why? the one because that you I put on like nine times in a row? With Reigns and Lesnar, though, I have seen good Reigns Lesnar, and I've seen, seen doggy duty. Yeah, right. So it's hard because in some aspects of it, like if you told me this was if you took Lesnar out of this, right, and it was Rollins. I wouldn't have that big of an issue with it because I think the match is going to be really good. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping because it's last man standing that we're going to get a lot of physicality out of it where it's going to be different than just F5 spear, F5 spear, F5 spear, Superman punch, F5 spear, F5 spear. You know what I mean? Like I'm hoping there's going to be more to it than that, right? So because of that, I'm giving it a little bit of hope, but at the same time I go, man, this it feels so much like they're just like, we have to bring Brock back. And I know they said that was already the plan, but the problem is, is that they're not building anybody right now. And it's frustrating because I think they had a lot of hopes on like, oh, we're just going to build this Cody arc all the way to Mania, which they still can, mm-hmm. which is fine. But you're doing nothing in the meantime. You need to have somebody ready for them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Have You need to split the titles up again. You need to have somebody running with it so you have somebody, have a world champion that people can be like, okay, this guy's a little more dangerous. We know Roman's being saved for Mania. I get that. But we need somebody else running the show. Yeah, outside of it, so it's tough. Uh, yeah, this is the first Money in the Bank match or Money Back Money in the Bank show. I'm not really looking forward to all that much. Usually, I'm kind of looking forward to it. I always like the Money in the Bank matches because it's like we're gonna get something. We know things are gonna happen mm-hmm. as a result of it. Just not nothing really there for me right no, now. I don't, I don't know. know. I think it's because we we got two AEW pay per views right in a row. I feel like we got the WWE is just kind of like thrown in there at the mm-hmm. end. It's just. It's a lot. We're going to talk Forbidden Door next week uh, as well, so stay tuned for that. All right. Real quick here before we get to the NFL stuff, I do want to talk about the USFL. And it's you know it's concluding, what, next weekend, right? Probably, Their yeah, championship, the championship game. Championship. Um, but the thing I want to talk about more than that is, first off, do you think that we're going to see a season two? Do you think that the numbers were there? Were there, were there um, do you think we're actually going to see a season two? And then also with the XFL coming in too, are we going to see like an even more diluted product than we already are? Um, I do think there's a season two because every one's been talking about season two. So yeah. I'm assuming there will be a season two. Well, they already XFL, announced. The XFL was talking about week six and then all of a sudden no more XFL. So. Well, yeah, but that was, that was COVID stricken. Actually, the XFL was awesome. I do. The first, I love the XFL. The first six weeks of time. I had time a great was awesome. time. Go Battlehawks, baby. Uh, go Battlehawks. And hopefully they come back and they're I not awful. Too. Yeah. That would, that would really. Can you go back? Can you just go please? Please, for the love of God, go back oh, over there. Oh, um, yeah, um, I think the USFL will come back. I really think that they should capitalize on no summer sports and make yeah. the XFL a summer sport thing. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Especially if you're going to use guys that aren't on NFL rosters. Mm-hmm. Like, have just most of the USFL guys go into, like, an XFL pool or something. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, too, I think that Like, they can the, do both and make yeah, some extra money. Like, why not? I think the XFL needs to not put the restriction, though. And I know they've kind of already partnered with the NFL, and maybe the USFL should do this. Guys like... The Johnny Manziel's and the Terrell Owens who are playing in this stupid fan-controlled football crap, 
Why? You mean to tell me right now if a team signed Terrell Owens, the 42-year-old Terrell Owens, to a mm-hmm. contract, somebody ha- – 300,000 people aren't going to tune in and yeah. be like, no way. Come on. Click mm-hmm. it on. Let's see what he, And he's got three touchdowns. You go, son, this dude can still play. You know what I mean? Something. Yeah. Or he's terrible. And people go, see, I knew he couldn't play. See, yeah. shut up. Whatever. You mean to tell me right now that I would not rather see Johnny Manziel or Shea Patterson playing out there? Come on. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, I think they need to kind of open it up a little bit. Yeah. And, be and like, they might. You know, yeah. maybe they maybe they could. Um, I, I also, I wish just more like, college guys went there too yeah not like sure. good co- obviously not good college guys but like some of like the there's a lot yeah. of michigan guys i can name that oh, won't absolutely. go pro yes. that like could easily absolutely. dip down into this for league sure. and uh Cade mcnamara yeah that's a perfect guy yeah perfect guy for that right you mean it's yeah and i'm i am really glad though these leagues exist because i do think there's guys like the troy smiths the chris leaks the Random. Like, I just you think like, I mean? like like you could guys. you could name like the like on, like Craig Reynolds from the Lions. Yeah, absolutely. Could easily would go be the best, best running, running back, back ever. Yeah, yeah, because he was really, he was actually not awful on the Lions. <laughs> I know. But like but like so guys like yeah. that who are like the fifty third guy on the roster or mm-hmm. like on the practice squad. Some of those guys, I'll be like, I'd love to see you in. Yeah, I kind of wish that the NFL uh, maybe the XFL is going to kind of turn up into like NFL Europe or like you like teams have rights to guys still and mm-hmm. they can kind of you know, go back and forth camp and yeah. stuff and do that stuff i'd be interested to see kind of how that relationship matriculates um talking about the michigan panthers though real fast and then we'll transition here what a disaster that was uh i'm happy I shea patterson they did which is shea hilarious they said they, they're like we're going we're going they were pretty banged up i will say like you could tell early on like a lot of the picks like they just didn't have them they didn't yeah. have a kicker for the first four weeks they cost him at least two games uh-huh. straight off the bat so that's unfortunate they did i did like this about the usfl where the two teams that were playing the winner of the game got the first pick rather than the loser i did mm-hmm. think that was kind of a nice, yeah you're playing for something yeah, you're playing for something which i thought was kind of neat so they do have the first overall pick in every round Mm-hmm. In, the, in the next draft so there if you're a michigan panther fan you need to find a damn quarterback but outside of that um yeah you know paxton lynch looked okay at times i guess he played well in the last game yeah he played well in their two wins he looked great yeah. everything else was a disaster but you know yeah. it is what it is yeah and i do think the usfl will be better in the yes. second season I when you too. have the home yes Aesthetic, because every game Correct. was played in Birmingham. So outside of the Birmingham game, mm-hmm. there were like seven people in the crowd, like legitimately. Let's like hear what the fan has to say. <laughs> yeah, like I think when next year when they're actually traveling, yeah. like and you go, okay, they're gonna be playing in the mm-hmm. uh, like the lower bowl of Ford yeah. Field is not sold out, right? But there are like a couple thousand people maybe in the lower bowl or something. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's actually gonna be like, oh, okay, like yeah. you get the aesthetic right. of like a home crowd, right. like the Battlehawks. I'm just gonna keep bringing up the X. No, because also. I think it's a perfect but the, example. The Battlehawks, because that was the only football team in St. Louis. Yep. So like, there was a noise. That whole lower bowl was decked out in yes. Battlehawks, and there was noise. And you like, it felt like when they played that. Um, who were they? The Generals or whoever that the, yeah. the good team that they played oh, against yeah, last year called? with PJ Walker. Yeah. Whatever that team was. Say the Rough Riders. That's not right. But I don't think so, but it sounds that. like yeah. it. But, <laughs> but like they played them in like the fourth or fifth week right before COVID hit. Yeah. That game felt because they were like both it, undefeated. Yeah, they were both yeah. undefeated. It felt like it meant something. Yeah, it did. It was cool because you're like, oh, the two best quarterbacks, two best teams, right? Yeah. Like, like I knew all the players on the X. Like yeah. I was like I was in I, it ready to go. I watched the XFL every single week. I did too. I watched. I watched the Battlehawk team and I watched whatever the PJ Walker team was. I watched them. I watched the first three weeks of the Michigan Panthers, and I went, I can't do it anymore. I can't, yes. Yeah, it was 
they need to fire their offensive court. I could have called better. If I know what play you're going to run in sequence, that's not a good sign. Yeah. Just but anyway, yeah. So I think I think it will be better yeah. when they have the home aesthetic crowd. I think that I think month. a whole year of prep too. I think it'll be a lot better, right? I think you yeah. learn some things, right? Yeah, I you mean, get to retain a lot of your guys, so it's yes, like you have second you get year with everyone. Camaraderie going yeah. for sure, right? I just think the the two three week turnaround I think was tough. Yeah. And I think we saw some better football being played towards the end of the year, mm-hmm. where than we did in the beginning, and I think that's important as well. And I think yeah. as you kind of get that crudder, I think the scoring is going to be up more overall. I just think it's going to be a better product. I, and I honestly, I just hope there's a season two. You need you want you, football year round is never a bad thing, and then two. To have a place where players can go, that's always important as well. Yeah. Just like wrestling, more promotions, the better. More places for people to go. All right, let's talk. Uh, let's talk NFC North positions here as we kind of round out the show. We're gonna go. We're gonna go uh, division by division, position by position, um, and we're gonna kind of go through it here, Mike. Where do you want to start? Least sexy or most sexy? Where do you want? I to was start? just gonna go offense. To okay. Defense. Okay. Sure. That's fine. Like often, I have like a the way I like go through teams yep. in my head is how we're gonna do it because mm-hmm. I'm in control and I don't Mike, care what Mike's you want. This, Rob. Mike, this is Mike's segment. Right? All right, so we're gonna go quarterbacks first. So I'm just gonna go starter slash starters. Okay, I'm yeah, not gonna go deep. So no, I'm not gonna not, go. Yeah, I'm not gonna to go, go three deep. Golf, Boyle, and all of them. Wide receivers. I'll name the top three. Yeah, I'm gonna list whatever this first column is. Yep. That's in fine. our lads, unless you have a egregious disagreement on who my starter might be, yep. I'm going to go off of what that is. Okay, yep. So, offense, uh, quarterbacks, we got Goff, yep. we got Justin Fields, we got Aaron Rodgers, we got Kirk Cousins. Everyone should know this is not yeah, this really great. Is, yeah. This group, like the offensive line and stuff might be a little more difficult. This, this is, is uh, this is like the easy stuff, I think. Yeah. So, how would you rank the four going in? Boy. Um, all right. Uh Oh boy, it's gonna right. be. I think it's pretty easy. Rogers, yeah, Rogers is one. one. Rogers is one. Um, I'm gonna say right now, Cousins is two. Goff is three. Fields is four. That's exactly how I have yeah, it. You can't. I'm sorry. I know Chicago fans are gonna balk at that, but you can't put Fields above Goff or Cousins yet. He played four games. Yeah. He went one and three. Yeah. You can't definitely not sorry. Cousins. No. I mean, I think no. I think his ability is better than Goff's probably, yeah. but we haven't seen it. Goff's yeah. a. Super and here's the thing, thing. Goff's been to a Super Bowl. Yeah. He's thrown for 35-plus touchdowns. He's done things that Kirk Cousins hasn't done. Mm-hmm. I do think Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback than Goff. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there are things that Goff has done in this league that you can't write off that Cousins hasn't either. So I actually do think it's a closer gap than some people think between the two. Um, but I think Cousins is more consistent. Yeah. I would agree. All right, running backs. Although, this wide receiving core, I don't know, man. Look out. Woo-hoo. All right, running backs. <laughs> so we got Lions, DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams. Yep. Uh, I got all these here. Chicago yep. Bears, we got um, Montgomery. David Montgomery and why is it keep resetting? Uh, Khalil Herbert is their second guy. Sure. Yeah, no Tree Cohen anymore. Nope. Uh, Packers got Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Yeah. And Vikings got – Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. Okay, so so I I I'll go for we'll, yep, we'll switch yep, every yeah, time. That's fine. Yep. All right, I have, Pat or no, I have, Vikings one. Really. Packers two, Lions three, Bears four. I have Packers one. Vikings, Vikings two, two Lions three. I'm just I think Dalvin Cook is the Dalvin best Cook of the four. Is, I agree. I think it really comes down to do I think Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon average out better than. Alexander Madison, like does Alexander Madison think, bring it yeah. down that much from what Dalvin I, Cook has? Like if you did an average of the two, yeah, players. I think I think that that because they complement each other so well, I think Madison and Dalvin are kind of the same back. 
Mm-hmm. So I think that's why Corey or Corey Dillon, <laughs> AJ <laughs> Dillon and uh, Jones, they benefit. They you know they balance each other out yeah. a lot more. That's why I kind of have the Packers ahead there. Um, this is a big season for Swift, though, just as a note. Yeah, I can't think wait, I can't wait to go through the Lions roster post camp yeah. because there's so much to talk about. But yeah, uh, right now the Lions are the ones that have the least amount of. They have the. I think they have the most upside. But I think with, yeah. with Swift being that explosive guy, but he's a worse version of Aaron Jones. That's yeah. what he is. Okay. Wide receiver crew. Ooh, that's gonna be a fun one. We got Lions got DJ Chark, uh, Amon Ross, St. Brown, and just I'm gonna throw James, Jameson just, just Williams. Jameson. This has Josh Reynolds. Yeah, well, because but he's, he's yeah, but he's yeah. hurt. Yeah. So James we're gonna throw Jameson Williams. Williams. Yep. Uh, Packers have Byron Pringle, Darnell Mooney, Equiminius, St. Brown. I'm oh no, say, no no no! Sorry, that's Chicago. I'm yeah, sorry, that was okay, Chicago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Packers yeah. have Sammy Watkins, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb. I would put. I'm gonna take. Let's take. Um, uh, Cobb out of that. And we'll and put, put Christian, Christian Watson. Watson. Yeah. Fair. Okay. Fair enough. Yep. And then uh, the rookies are kind of hard. Yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. And then Vikings got Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, KJ Osborne as their three. Um. So I think Bears are securely fourth. I think, this, yeah, 1,000%. I think the Packers are third yes. in this situation. And I think right now, I think you have to put the Vikings one yes. because you have proven commodities in Thielen and Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. And I think the Lions have the most upside with both Chark, St. Brown, and Jamison Williams, I think could all individually be the best wide receiver on whatever team in the division. Yes, I so, would I would agree. Yeah, That's um, my exact, like, Vikings 1, yep, Lions, Lions 2, two yep. Green Bay 3. Because, honestly, if you're looking at it, Lions, the thing is, yeah, Lions fans are going to balk at that, but if you're at the end of the day, you're hoping Jamison Williams is Jefferson Jefferson. Yeah. That's what you're, that's the, what you're the, hoping the, for. The hard part about the yeah. receiving crew yeah. is the Aaron, Aaron Rodgers makes yes. the receivers look a lot better, Correct. but on paper, just the receiving crew. If you had, like, Baker Mayfield throwing to all four of these receiving right. crews. Which, which, which one which would you rather have? Benefit him the most. Yeah, that's and really it's and it's and I think that's the order that we put him in. Is yes. I think Vikings I are the best. Lions two, Packers yep. three, Chicago Bears. Four. And here's the thing too, right? Even with the Rodgers thing, Rodgers relied heavily on Devontae Adams the last couple weeks of the season. There's a reason because Devontae Adams is the best receiver in football. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> tight, tight end group. All We're right. separating the tight ends from the receivers. Yep, here. that's fine. Yep, that's fair. Uh, Lions, Hawkinson. Yep. Chicago Bears, Cole Komet. Yep. Uh, Packers got Robert Tunyon. Vikings have Irv Smith Jr. So I think the Lions are coming out one here. I think it's Lions one. I'm actually going to – I'm going to have Packers two at Robert Tunyon. I think think Robert Tunyon's really good. I think he's very underrated because he has Rodgers throwing to him. But I think he's a very – But I think he's actually could be good anywhere. I think Cole Komet's three. I think it's the one that the Bears have that's not last. He's a higher pick. He was the best tight end in his class. I think he's explosive. Mm-hmm. And I think Irv Smith just doesn't play a big role in their offense. I yeah, because he's got too many good receivers. Exactly. Yeah. I think Irv Smith maybe is slightly better than, than like he's Robert more, Tunyon, I but think like he's more I think athletic than Tunyon. Yeah. But I don't think he's a better tight. I don't. I look at the complete because you have to think of blocking in this as well, yes. right? And I think Hawkinson is the most complete tight end out of the four. Yes, so and then I, I think I think actually I might actually switch. I think Cole Komet because his blocking might be a little more mm-hmm. than Robert Tunyon. Okay. I think Robert has Robert Tunyon, so I'm actually gonna go. Okay. Hawkinson, Cole Komet, yeah. Tanyan, Irv Smith Jr. Yeah, I'm uh, but you're gonna above Komet just a by a, just by a hair. I yeah. just think that from a production standpoint. Yeah. But. All right, offensive line. We're gonna group the starting offensive line yeah. in well, all yeah. of so one. And seven by the way, we're just going tackle to tackle here, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. We're not yeah. putting uh, tight ends in there. Too. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hit left tackle to right tackle. How yep. it's listed here. Again, yep. if you disagree, yep. let me know. 
Uh, we got Lions, Taylor Decker, Jonah Jackson, Frank Ragnow, Phi Ty, Panay Sewell. Oh, left tackle to right tackle. Oh, yeah. Uh, Chicago Bears, we got. Oh, boy. Let me read this one. Not going to be good. Uh, Larry Borum, Cody Whithair, Lucas yep. Patrick, Sam Mustafer, and Tevin Jenkins. Oof. Left tackle to right tackle. Yikes. Um, Packers, left tackle to right tackle. David Bakhtiari, yep. John uh, Runyon, yep. Josh Myers, Royce Newman, Elton Jenkins. Okay. Vikings, we got Christian Derrishaw, Ezra Cleveland, Garrett Bradbury, yep. Jesse Davis, Brian O'Neill. Left tackle, right tackle. All right, so I got Lions one. I have Lions one. I, I have Packers, Packers two. two. I've got Minnesota three. I've got Bears four. The Bears, the Bears offensive line's brutal. Yeah. I will say just by name value, I yeah. only know Tevin Jenkins from the Bears. Yeah. Um, and I know he's like pretty good, well, but like everyone Roger, else, right? He's on the Bears, right? Yeah, Cody. What, yeah, yeah, what yeah. the Bears? He yeah, plays guard, right? Yeah, yeah he plays that guard. Yeah. Um, I, I, I would agree with that. I think the yeah. Lions. I, I do think now. I don't think it's like Lions gap Packers. I think Lions and Packers are actually pretty close to say, each other. I would say this year, but I do you think see all five. I think you're gonna see the gap. Yeah. I think if they all play healthy, I think that is where you're gonna be like. Oh, there's a definite. Yeah, because I think I think game. I think the pack like Bakhtiari, yeah. John Runyon, Josh Meyer, because they were well, Packers have had injury galore on the offensive I, line for yeah, a lot. For so sure. like, yep. the, there's like the Lions like didn't look. Well, they lost the whole Corey time. Lindsay last year. They lost Belaga a couple years ago before that. Yeah. you know what I mean. They they've had some injury, especially the right tackle spot. So, yep. and Bakhtiari being hurt takes them down quite a bit. Because I think Bakhtiari could be arguably the best left tackle in football. So, um, I do think the Lions though. I think they have the best center. I think they have one of the. I think they have a top six seven guard and i think their tackles both are mm-hmm. top 15 yeah individually so um so we were ranking just the offenses here yep i would probably go problem is it's just the the pat it, it, it's so reliant upon quarterback play the it offense. is the offense is a lot yeah, I, mean, I would probably go packers and then it's it's hard. Vikings lines are like I, know, I think on I the know. same it, tier. They're almost identical because it's like offensive line play and like running yeah. game mm-hmm. all together. Yeah. But then the receivers are just so much better for the Vikings yeah. at, at this point. Right. So it's like I think they're almost neck and neck. Yeah. And then Bears are fourth. I think it's going to be a fight to see who can keep up between Minnesota and Detroit this year from a divisional standpoint for that wild card spot. Yes. I'm putting it out there now. So. Uh, okay. Let me yeah, let me defense. yeah. Let's me move these to the defensives. Defensive is going to be a little. A little more difficult because of yeah. different styles, but yeah. we're going to do yeah. everything we can Isn't here. that funny, though, how much like a 3-4 or 4-3 really yeah. dictates like success in, in some of that? You know yeah. what I mean? Because like, even the Lions, they're, they're transitioning their scheme this year, too. Uh-huh. So okay, so I'm going to say – let's see. Let me check these. Okay, so I'm going to label these. So we're going to go D-line, yep. linebacker, yep. defensive backs. We're just going to yeah, go three fair. sections. Yep, that's fine. Unless you want to split corners and safeties. Uh... Nah, that's, that's, all that's, that's pretty granular. Okay, so anyone that's named a D-line, if it says linebacker in the name of the position yes. on this website, yeah. I'm going to name with the linebackers. linebackers. Yep, so right. if you have an outside linebacker. Like that, Preston Smith's a pass rusher, but he's technically playing outside linebacker, right? Uh, yes. Okay. Right. Yeah, like yeah. Preston Smith will be in the linebacking group. Right, exactly. But, but, he, but his, but he, his yes. role is a pass rusher. Because they play a different But team. since it says linebacker, I'm going with yep, linebacker. That's fair. So, Lions. Defensive yep. end, Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah. Nose tackle, Lee McNeil. Defensive tackle, Michael Brockers. Defensive end, Romeo Aquara. Yeah, that's fair. Yep. Yeah, they don't have Levi and Zerugay. He's the second no, string. But I, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I think yeah, Brockers is going to get phased out quickly. Um, so. Chicago Bears. Al Quadin Muhammad, yep. left defensive end. Angelo Blackson, nose tackle. 
Justin Jones, defensive tagger, Robert Quinn, right defensive end. Good Lord. That one is not like the other on that, on that yeah. D-line. Jesus. Green Bay Packers, Dean Lowry, defensive end, Kenny Clark, nose tackle, Jaron Reed from Kansas City, defensive tackle. Yep. Totally forgot they got Jaron Reed, by the yeah. way. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. All right. And then we got the three because they have the two outside linebackers. Yep. 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 Uh, Minnesota Vikings, Amon Watts, defensive end, Dalvin Tomlinson, nose tackle, Harrison Phillips, defensive tackle. Oh really? They're running that. Oh, yeah, I they're forgot. doing. They're doing one of those. They have the okay, two outside linebackers like, too. Like, where is? Uh... No, I have another defense end. Well, because well, I was like, where's uh, what's his nuts? Um, not Everson Griffin, but the other one, what's Daniel the... Hunter. Yeah, Daniel. He's Hunter. an outside yeah, linebacker. That's why I was like, where's Daniel Hunter at? Yeah. Okay, okay. So, so based off of this, yeah. um, I would say. Enough, I think I think the Lions actually have from a because they run a four three. I think they're. I think they just have the slight advantage of having the extra person. Yeah. I would actually say. Packers or one because I really like Jaron Reed and I like yeah. Dean Lowry, um, but I would say Packers one, Lions two, Vikings, think, Vikings think, three, yeah. Chicago four. But yeah. Vikings and Chicago are not but like the other linebackers because of those guys like Zadarius Smith and Daniel Hunter are pass rushers. So, yeah, that's going to help out the linebacking yeah. crew a lot. If we're looking at just straight defensive linemen, I think the Lions have the edge because of Hutchinson and if we're and Romeo. Romeo because I think Romeo has proven now he's a double digit sack guy at times, right? And I think Hutchinson being the best prospect in the draft you have to assume it's going to be pretty darn good right yep. um but if we're talking pass rush well let's go let's do linebackers first and then i think we should just do a pass rush section, section okay. just because they do run different schemes so daniel hunter not being part of the defensive line for minnesota kills them because yeah. daniel hunter's awesome yeah all right so linebackers yeah Lions oh, got. This is gonna be a disaster. Um, they they have Chris Board and Alex Anzalone. Yeah, that's fair. For right I, I don't know if yeah. I want to throw Derek well, Barnes in there, but that's even, what they're two. Sure, throw him in there. Why yeah. not? He help. <laughs> Chicago Bears. <laughs> Good lord. Got uh, Nicholas Morrow, Roquan oh. Smith, and Matt Adams. You just need Roquan Smith. <laughs> yeah, Roquan Smith right there just adds. He's just so much better. Packers got Preston Smith, Quay Walker, Devondre Campbell, Rashawn Gary. Good That's Lord. scary. That's that linebacker is scary. And then Minnesota Vikings got Zedaria Smith, Jordan Hicks, Eric Kendricks, and Daniel Hunter, which is also really scary. Yeah, I did not so know they're linebackers. Pa- so I got Packers, Minnesota, Chicago, Chicago Lions. Yeah, for, in not, terms of linebacking crew. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, so if you want to go pass rushes, pass rush, I would say it's um, I, I'm actually going to go uh, Minnesota, Packers, Lions, Bears. Bears. Yeah, I would be it would be close for me. Here's why uh, Packers and Minnesota are neck and neck for Here's me. That's Lions. Here's Bears. why I have that. I think Zadarius Smith and Daniel Hunter. I think even it, I think are better than Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary. Okay. That that's really it. Like I look apples fair. to apples. I think Daniel Hunter is yeah. the best out of those four. See, I just because because when you add Jaron Reed and Kenny Clark, yeah, to the Packers, yeah, that's what I, like I think they get interior and exterior. Yeah, pressure. I get that. I just think I'm just looking at it from the perspective. Like I don't think that I don't think Kenny Clark is all that in a bag of chips anymore. I think he's gotten I think he's a little old. Yeah. Um, and I don't I don't I don't hold Dean Lowry in such this massive you know self-esteem thing i just look at it from that perspective i know where the pressure's coming from from the packers and i feel like and i know where they're coming and i, I i've seen daniel hunter take over games yeah you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i've seen that as much as rashawn gary has proven to be a better pro than i thought he would and i like yeah. and i like preston smith i don't think they have i don't think they take over games like yeah. those guys do that's the only reason why. Okay. all right and defensive backs in a hole okay. we got jeff okuda left corner okay deshaun elliott safety yep Tracy Walker safety, yep. Monty Warrior safety, or yep. right corner. Yep. 
uh, Chicago Bears. We got Jalen Johnson, left corner. Mm-hmm. Jaquan Brisker, safety. Yep. Eddie Jackson, safety. Mm-hmm. And Kyler Gordon, right corner. Okay. Both, young, both really young groups. Both there. really young, yes. Yep. Uh, Green Bay Packers, we got Eric Stokes, left corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adrian Amos, safety. Darnell Savage, safety. Jerry Alexander, right corner. Mm-hmm. Razul Douglas is like Nickelback, so I don't know if you think he's better no, than Eric Stokes. No, but well, if Stokes is, if Stokes is starting. Stokes, Stokes, Stokes is starting. his name is a starter. And then uh, Minnesota Vikings, we got Patrick Peterson, left corner. Harrison Smith, safety. Uh, Lewis Seen, safety. Andrew Booth Jr., right corner. Yeah, there's, that's a that's a mixed bag for Minnesota because yeah. you've got like the most veteran veteran possible, and then you've got a whole bunch of young like yeah. rookies. You have two rookies starting for you this yeah. year. Yeah, so I think I think Packers are one. Yes. Um, um I the, the the line again, Lions and Vikings yes. to me are just right there. yeah. It's really gonna. I think it really depends on what Okuda's gonna be. Yeah, if Okuda's, if Okuda's good, yeah, then I, I think, think they're better than the Vikings. Yeah. If he's bad, I think they're worse than the Vikings. Yes, I agree with you. Yeah, so I, I I'll give you coin I, toss on that. Doesn't really matter to me. And then I think Bears. Are yes, last. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I do too. I just I like Eddie Jackson. Ever since he signed his contract, he doesn't look the same. Yeah, I like um, Brisker coming out of Penn State, but he's, once he's, again, he's fine. rookie. Right? Yeah, he's a rookie. So I, I think too. Here's what we've seen. Of the, here's why I have the lines about the Bears for Bears fans that are kind of balking at this. I go, Awarie had six interceptions last year, mm-hmm. pro bowler, right? Tracy Walker um, had a much improved season last year. I think I think he's you know I think he's in the top half of safeties. Deshaun Elliott has proven he can be a free guard and good player, you know, when needed. Um, and from the Bears perspective, Brisker's a rookie. Even if we're gonna put Okuda in that rookie slot still, because we've seen you know, eight games mm-hmm. of him, right? Brisker's a rookie. Jalen Johnson is not all that, you know, like he's he's fine. There's nothing crazy. Who's the other corner on the other side for them? Kyler uh, Gordon? Yeah. He's a rookie. He's we a have rookie. no idea what we've got from him, yeah. right? So, and here's the other thing too. They're not going to have the pass rush that they've had in years past either. That's going to affect them quite a bit. You're missing Khalil Mack. That is massive. <laughs> I, yeah. I can't stress that enough. So the Bears are really going to have to go through some growing pains. They better hope Justin Fields is King Dick. Yeah. So if we're if we're ranking defenses, okay. I would go Packers, Vikings, Lions, Bears. I would too. And and the the funny part is is that this Lions defense, in my opinion, is going to be so much better than last year. Yeah. And it's still only going to be third, third. division. And then so I guess overall, uh, yeah, overall I'm not going kickers. Overall, no. no. <laughs> overall I would go. Although I still say Lions special team was best in the division last year. Rankings wise, yes. Uh, overall, I would go Packers, Vikings, Lions, Bears yep. by a hair. Yeah, I think I think it's one of those situations. like Packers. Yes, and then and Bears do, yeah. are think, far yes. far dividends, and then like yeah. Lions, Vikings. I, I, I think, think Min- like I said, I think Minnesota and Detroit are both going to be fighting for wild card spots. I really do. I think Minnes- I think even with Green Bay and everything else, I don't think Green Bay is going to be. I think Green Bay is going to start out hot because mm-hmm. everyone's like, oh, he doesn't need Devontae Adams. I think when they get in the dog days of December and January, I think it's where mm-hmm. you're going to see. Some of these losses for Green Bay being like, okay, you know, this is tough. Yep. Um, but I think Minnesota and Detroit are both going to be playing meaningful games in December. And so that'll be interesting to see. Anyway, next week, uh, next week, what division you want to do? Want to go AFC North? Sure. We'll do AFC, AFC North next. We'll do okay. we'll do each one there. Okay. Yeah. So we'll do AFC North next week. We've fun. got Forbidden Door we have to review next week. We've got NBA Free Agency news that we're going to talk about next week. we got a loaded, loaded show for you guys next week. So that's going to be it for this week's show, though. On behalf of the Missing Whale Man, he's the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm the Mouth of Michigan, Rob Medica. We will see you guys, as always, next time.